Everything F1. Driven by fans, for the fans. And it's lights out and away we go! is still on provisional pole. This time for Stefan and Hamilton have crashed out. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen, for the first time ever, is champion of the world. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. And alongside me from the Everything F1 team today, we do have Sophia. Hiya, Sophia. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. And yourself? I'm very good. Thank you very much for asking. What have you been up to this week? Anything interesting? No, I'm just so happy F1's back. And it was such an interesting weekend with all the different races, F2 and F3. So did not leave my apartment for the entire weekend again. <laughs> so you, you're kind of hibernated and just oh, in yeah. front of your TV. That sounds like a good weekend to me. We've also got alongside us today, Coops. Hey, Coops, how are you? Evening, I'm fabulous, as usual. Good. Been up to anything yourself? Go to gym, working trying to get back in to do my running which I did before lockdown and it all went a bit pure shape so just the usual yeah getting older and getting it's getting harder to stay fitter so fair enough fair enough something I, I definitely need to do but I always keep putting it off there you go it's one of those things I'll start next month oh god uh, <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> one last chocolate bar and yeah, just, that. exactly exactly that's kind of how it does happen anyway we are everything f1 you can find us on all our social media platforms we are on facebook twitter instagram youtube tiktok yeah i think that's everywhere you can also find us on our website www.everythingf1.com you're also listening to us if you're listening to the recorded version of this on your podcast streaming services if you could hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast streaming service, hit the bells, follow, subscribe, whichever button it is on your service. You will get all of our podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. Now, we've had this Spa Grand Prix this weekend, and it was... Well, I, I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it, Sophia? For the most part, there was some good laps and there was some very quiet laps. Um, mm -hmm. But overall, it was good race for the first time back after three weeks break, for sure. It was. I, I. It was. Uh, I think. I think a typical spa. In fact, where where, where it's not overly exciting. We love the track. Don't get me wrong. You know, you got Rouge and, and, and Radilon. Uh, you know, all those all those curves that we all kind of love and, and the views that we like to see. But it has quite a major lull in the middle, and I think that's probably what we got in this I race. But as I say, overall, an enjoyable race. I think. The whole weekend itself as well, with the weather constantly changing and yeah. then seeing it in the feeder series as well, it provided additional kind of watching abilities yeah. with the race. Gave you gave you gave you a few different things to kind of watch on the timesheet, not necessarily on on the track, but also in the pit lane as well. Coops, how about you? Did you enjoy the weekend as far or was it a bit of a meh one for you? Or did you know, would you put it up there with a great race? <laughs> It was a strange one, because from the minute Verstappen started on Friday, even though we knew he was going to be at the back of the grid, mm. everyone would say he was going to win. Uh, which, uh, that's a strange one. Uh, it was a bit... It wasn't quite good, but it wasn't me. It was decent. Mm. 
There was a few moments. Ocon channeled these other Hackman slash Schumacher to come in a couple on the long straight, which was impressive. So it had its moments. That's you know, I think that's what it was. You know, the front once Verstappen got in the points and got himself up to six within five minutes of you know leaving the start line. The front, uh, the front battle was done. After that, it was kind of looking for racing further down the field. So yeah, there was enough. And Ferrari just keep on giving. So <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Without Ferrari, who would we laugh at in Formula One? So, they weren't so bad this weekend, but they did have oh, a couple on, of excuse me. They, they, they did have a couple of errors. Check that, you know, the bingo. Check out yeah. the bingo. Oh, come on. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sticking up from this week. I, I, I feel bad. We, we've slated them for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. I don't think they. I mean, they made a couple of doozies, but I I don't think they were as bad as they have been. Um, Mate. Hmm. <sighs> <laughs> it was it was it was the strategy guy that goes right. So, Charles, would you do this? Pick A, B, C, or D. Would you do that? Would you do you know, like, uh, Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the the race winner then, Max Verstappen. He obviously, as you mentioned before, started in P fourteen and worked his way all the way up to the front within was it six laps, seven laps? Yeah, really quick. Yeah, P14 to P8 within the first lap, and then within seven racing laps, because we had three laps of safety cars, he moved up to the top position. Amazing. Yeah, and a really dominating performance from him. Absolutely outstanding. Completely deserved driver of the day as well. Mm -hmm. And, of course, got that fastest lap that Charles Leclerc was trying to get at the end, (laughs) which (laughs) were very, very mixed luck. And, yeah. He got he got everything clean sweep pole position fastest lap winner yeah from fourteen mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't was, it wasn't classed else, as a pole position could, though was it, it was, no, not, was, was it classed as a pole position yeah yeah even though stu- and then he gets demoted for the penalties after pole so it's still pole mm. position but we need to we'll need to message Stantman. I'll message Sean we'll need to put it on the you know the 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 socials after but. I think Jerry Gow from BBC said he got all feet. I think he was, he was in the interview afterwards, you know, pole possession, fastest lap winner. Yeah, I mean, I mean kind of thing, so. he, he definitely did deserve it. But, you know, I didn't know whether the, the fact that he got demoted to 14th counts as a Carlos Sainz pole. But uh, as I say, performance all weekend, untouchable. That Red Bull was faster than any other car on track. Specifically, that Red Bull had like 35 kilometres an hour extra over... The nearest competitor is that right? He was point six of a second per lap faster than them on the field, more or less. So mm. yeah, maybe it quite. I was one point eight faster than Hamilton at qualifying. Was it? Was it? Was it Honda putting the VTEC back into the engine, making it a, a nice and quick? It's. It was kind of reminiscent of Lewis Hamilton in Brazil last year, obviously plowing through the field in such quick time and making kind of mincemeat of the opposition. Really, the thing about it is. There's a few things that make it out. Everything clicked. The car's designed for Verstappen. He knows how to drive that car because mm-hmm. Perez was nowhere near. He was in second place at the end of the race and 18 seconds behind him when he mm. started in first, effectively, uh, with Verstappen 14. So that, that just answers that question. Yeah. The car itself on low downforce setup just performs better than Ferrari. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's so the aero of that car's immense. But for him to cut through the field, like a lot of the drivers he passed weren't fighting him and knew they're not fighting him. They're not going to. Yeah. It's you, not their, I not their battle for the, yeah, for the day. He came up behind the Ricardo and he's just like, oh, no, they're there. there and you go, you know, and a lot of them did that until he got near the front. But even when he got near the front, 
there wasn't really an argument. It was Verstappen's weekend. The only mm. time that it wasn't going to be Verstappen's weekend was that first lap because everything was happening around them. You know, a bit of Rocket League going on. Latifi <laughs> forgetting that there's a gravel trap. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's forgot how to drive since he started this season, so no surprise he's there. But just the season. <laughs> it was. He kept it on the road. He maybe not as fast, but this season, aye, there's something going on there. But anyway, so you know, he done well to kind of weave out the way and stay out the road. You know, aiming that tear off to go into his nearest competitors, uh, but they break duct. I mean, that's couldn't, just couldn't have planned, yeah, yeah couldn't have planned that any better, could they? If I drop it perfectly at this angle, I can get it right in the air duct. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those old, you know, the old Carlsberg advert. If Carlsberg could do Formula One, Verstappen's perfect race, this is what it would be. Mm. I mean, it's a weird one. And the old time I've followed Formula One, we've never had a situation where a driver's 14. And everyone's going, he's going to win it. Literally a league on his own. He's uh, performing such a masterclass to deserve that he had the world champion. He he technically has it, let's what, be is honest. It nine, is it 93, 98 points yeah. ahead, something like that? Mm-hmm. A very far ahead. Actually, Sophie, this was something I was going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you here on the podcast. So what I wanted to work out is how many points he needs now to um, secure the championship. He before... would, we would know by Singapore, probably. That's probably the earliest that he will win. Right, okay. um, the watch will be poor if he wins the next few races. So where does Leclerc need to be for that to happen? Is that Leclerc so, second, third, fourth? How's that? It's changed now because I did the math and it was obviously not given which has happened in Spa. But I think it was Max has to finish P8 and below in four races and Charles has to win with fastest lap and win a sprint in order to be in content. Wow. But it doesn't like it doesn't include spas one, but it's like around that. I think it's like four to five races that kind of determined it. But don't have many races left, and given mm-hmm. how consistent Max has been, which a random fact as well, everyone knows the Super Max song. The I think it's what by the Pit Stop Group or whatever. Super Max, Max, yeah. Max. So yeah, if you do Max, Max, Super, Max, Max, Super, Super. Every time it says Super, he's not one. So, for the season. <laughs> so, if we follow that song, he's not going to win in Zanford, but he's going to win the next two races after, so Monza and J- Singapore, Japan. And then he's not going to win for two races, and then he's going to win the last two. Wow. If we follow that as well. I-, I saw it this morning on my feed, and I found that hilarious using the chorus line. Has actually worked out perfectly <laughs> with his win. Every time Max's name is said, in the chorus line, he's won the race. Wow. I don't know how, how much of a, a curse that actually is for him. We'll, sp- we'll see as the season unfolds, I guess. Yeah, another wee funny thing you might like is the, the, top, the top three at the grid at the start of the Belgian Grand Prix. Oh, Spa. Spa. Mm. So, uh, so, yeah, I thought that was quite funny as well. Just to add that Lots in, of people uh, seeing patterns in places where... Uh, it's the Illuminati and all that, you know. They're yeah. <laughs> all watching. People need to get a life, really. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Cheers. Sorry, well, you didn't sorry. work it out, Sophia. You just you, seen it. You so. just, no, yeah. but the numbers one. I did the numbers one. But again, yeah. No, some of it I no, didn't num- see num- numbers, are cool. <laughs> numbers are cool. Numbers are cool. We like but the numbers. Super cool. Max, 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 Super Max is, is not cool. <laughs> <laughs> the song is not cool. You're yeah, just yeah. better because you didn't think of it. That's what it is. Nah, true. Lando Very song. True. That one was good. Lando's version that they do. <laughs> Let's go, Lando. <laughs> but... No, 
Right. Let's talk about Perez then, <laughs> uh, the number two driver for Red Bull. Let's try and keep it on track. We are obviously talking about the, the, the race oh, weekend and not random coincidences that have occurred. But Perez, number two driver, came second, doing brilliantly for the team in that number two position. He's second in the in the drivers' championship now, which obviously helps them in the constructors' championship. Again, I think that's going to be wrapped up at some point sooner than the end of the season. But yeah, what can you say about Perez, uh, Sophia? I, I mean, literally doing what a number two driver should be doing for the team, mm-hmm. creating so much of a lead for the constructors, which is probably one of the ones that they wanted to battle out because other teams have kind of given up on the drivers' championship. So now they're focusing on the constructors' one and. Mm-hmm. Red Bull's just being consistent overall this season, more so than any other team, and it shows in the standings. It does. It does indeed. Coops, anything to add about Sergio Perez? I think it'll be extremely disappointing. Yeah? He had an opportunity to show Red Bull, give them a couple of questions, get in there, get in amongst it. But did he, though? Has he got this same engine mode or whatever gave... Yeah, they can't do gave... it if the engine mode's not allowed to. The car's not designed for him, but even, even that doesn't matter as a mm. racer he was first his teammate was 14 and he finished second behind his teammate by 18 seconds it wasn't like they crossed the line a second apart or half a second of having a nice battle or or you know done the picture across the line with schumacher uh, barrichello style mm. he got out driven completely and yes he's going to be told to move aside that's not the point he couldn't stick with him mm. he, he can the car's not working for him or he's not working with the car or whatever but you know, as a racer, I don't think he'd be overly impressed that the weekend's worked the way it's worked. I don't know how he's going to take that. Yes, he'll do the corporate. I've done well for the team. I've done exactly what was asked of me. Mm. I think that's what Horner basically said. But deep down as a racer, I don't think he'd be overly, bought, he'd be overly happy. But he was never going to be able to challenge. It's Max, not about challenge. It? It's about keeping up with him. Mm. Within a couple of seconds, be, right, be, be there. He was 18 seconds behind. Not good enough. Well, he's second in the standings now after this weekend. So he's getting better, but he's nowhere near and content with the points with Mac. He, I think he's he's come to terms with it now. So he probably is happy. If he hadn't come to terms with the fact that he was the number two driver, then maybe. But I'm, there's no way that he's not content with that now, or at least you know, safe in the knowledge that he is the number two driver. There's no way he's going to beat Max, even given the, given the points difference. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I think he's probably just accepted his fate. And if he can come second in the Drivers' Championship, I think that'll be probably his best ever performance for a season. Probably will be his best ever performance unless something crazy happens next year. But yeah, I think I think he's accepted his fate as the number two driver of Red Bull. So let's talk about the Ferrari team then. We've already alluded to the fact that they've obviously had a few incidents and their strategy team were a bit wibbly-wobbly as per usual. But Carlos Sainz came third. And so that's important to, to to note that Carlos Sainz obviously did get the bronze on the podium, was was there on the third step. So his race weekend, can you kind of sum it up for us, Sophia? I think it was actually quite quiet. Most people were focusing more on Charles and what was going on his side with the Ferrari strategies and the questionable calls and team radios that took place. So very much, I think, was a very quiet race for Sainz. He just drove as he should and did battle it every once in a while, but he knew that there was no way to kind of contend with the Red Bulls. Yeah. I think, like you said, everyone knows, even the fact that the fact that Max is starting in P14 and even everyone was saying, oh yeah, Max is going to catch up and take first. That kind of shows that you just kind of don't want to get your elbows out to an extent or as hard. Mm when you go against these drivers sometimes now. 
Yeah, I, it was probably a bit of the end where you were holding your breath a little bit because George Russell was coming up behind. Obviously, looked like he was going to catch him at one point with the laps and the lap times and yeah. he was taking out of Carlos, but then kind of dropped off because t- the tyre wear degraded for George. And so yeah. in the end, he couldn't obviously attack. There was a, a bit of on the edge of your seat kind of stuff when obviously George was chasing him. You thought he was going to lose it. Well, let's talk about uh, Leclerc then. Obviously, Carlos Sainz got third. Great. But his teammate uh, on the other side of the garage at Ferrari had a bit of an up and down kind of race. Is that safe to say? No, yes. It's just the luck of Ferrari. Mm. So... We all the shenanigans of the first lap with Alonso, Hamilton and Alonso's car spraying fluid all over the place. Everybody fired out their tear-offs. Verstappen's, of all people's tear-off, ended up in the brake duct of Leclerc's. Thunder mm. sensor. He had, that's why he had to pit on the, during the safety car lap two or three or whatever it was. So that ruined his chance to go up the field. Then they had the, somebody on the pit wall decided to phone in Leclerc and ask him to discuss his car extended warranty or some other discussions. There was quite a lot of them about strategy, which was weird. And then they decided in the last lap to pull him in for the fastest lap to get a point. If they didn't have a gap to Alonso, they had to get past Alonso, which ruined the lap. They ruined the lap anyway. <laughs> he then sped in the pit lane by 0.1 kilometre because of the burn sensor. And he went from having, he ended up losing two points rather than gaining an extra one for that last pit stop. Which just yeah. calculates. Yeah, they, it was too close. It, it was always it coming was. out. It was always coming out really close to Alonso, and Alonso was on a great charge all weekend. You know, the, all race. Yeah, the, the Alpines were good. Ocon mm. done really well. Uh, the, you know, Alonso's car was a tank, especially after the first contact. No damage, done well. And the last person you want to be having a marginal yeah. coming out of the pits with is Fernando Alonso of exactly. all people. And but, you know, really, it's just. They left it far too late if they were going to do that. I know they like to do it on the last lap because they get the freshest you do, rubber in. You do it on the last lap when you're 30-odd seconds ahead of the yeah. person behind you. Not less than a second. They're like, oh, draw, come in, maybe. You just, yeah, it, uh, it was a strange one. And then they didn't even tell him. No. Charles Leclerc didn't oh, know no. he, that he got his five-second penalty till he'd been interviewed in French TV. Yeah. And he went, what, pardon? <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, and it's unfortunate. It's the whole like the the bond said so that the tear off could happen to anybody. It's just yeah, sure. luck of the draw. Mm. But you know, you know your car's wounded, and the one place you make mistakes in a in a Formula One uh, race is the pits because you're not in control as a driver. You've got all these people like, and yeah. we're not going dodgy. They'll look at Bottas with Monaco a couple of years ago. It happened. So why do it for a point when things yeah. are so marginal? I just I, I don't quite understand any of it. And the strategy team at Ferrari seem to be a <laughs> bit scared as well. But you, like they're actually asking Charles while in the car, do you want the medium? Do you want the hard? They're not giving. They're not feeding him much advice, saying you know uh, the hards are performing this way. They're actually really quick at the moment. Blah 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 blah. They're not making decisions themselves. They they are they are probably like I say scared to annoy their drivers because their drivers have probably had a few goes at them to this this season about incorrect decisions but they it, it's there's too much communication back and forth well i mean maybe maybe leclerc we don't know maybe leclerc said look i want to be involved more mm. it's mm. not really i think leclerc needs to do what carlos does the pit wall said to him like look at uh, was it silverstone give him mm-hmm. 10 car lights and he went ah stop inventing i'm not doing that mm. yeah. leclerc doesn't do that 
Now, we don't know if there has been discussion behind the scenes from Leclerc to say, look, I want more conversation. Maybe he likes that, I don't know. But you're right, it doesn't come across very well. It comes across like we are a bit clueless. Like, which yeah. one do you want to go for? You know, what do you want to do? Is this is how it, what do you think? I can understand that, but they need to give him at least a bit more information. If, if he's asked, let's try and make these decisions mutually, he doesn't know what tyres are lapping quicker, what tyres are lapping the best on the track at this certain time because he's currently doing a job. I mean, maybe he might get him. We're not hearing it as well. So, like, he's getting mm. options, and then it's up to him to choose out of those options because it could have been previous team radios giving him the data. We Again, we don't hear all the team radios that take place. I think allowing him to have more of an option because they have made bad calls without his input that we can see mm. has allowed him to be like, like Coop said, I want kind of more control on it. So yeah. there could have been times that maybe a minute before saying, oh, hards are two seconds faster than mediums. And then the team radio that we actually hear is, do you want the hards or do you want the mediums? It, it could be something like that that we're just not seeing. Because again, we don't see everything that unfolds during the yeah. race. It's very pick and mix kind of what they think is good for TV sometimes, I think. Yeah, true. Very true. Yeah, but it's not, not a good day in the office really for Charles Leclerc, especially given that the fact that they've made so many mistakes. It's You'd have thought they'd have started the rest of the season with, with a bit more conviction in what they were doing. Sadly, that seems to be going on. I hope that that changes sooner rather than later so we can have a bit more excitement at the front of the Grand Prix. Let's talk about this, the first lap then, a first lap for Lewis Hamilton and the Mercedes team. Obviously, mm. Uh, mm. George Russell came fourth, which was great. He had some excellent battles on track and obviously we thought he was going to be overtaking Carlos at the end. So he did superb to get fourth. We thought the third might be possible at various points throughout the race, but it wasn't to be. But Lewis Hamilton, his teammate, had an incident with Fernando Alonso on the first lap of the race and basically turned in on him, closed the door and went flying himself off and damaged his car to the point where they couldn't continue for the race. So it was a DNF for Lewis Hamilton, which is a rarity, let's be completely honest. It doesn't happen very often for him, but I think it's the controversy over the radio that's caused more issues with fans i don't necessarily see much of a big issue with it to be honest with you with the heat at the moment that sort of thing but yeah what what do you think sophia lewis hamilton's first lap incident with fernando alonso his fault 100 yeah, he, he has said even in his interviews which is very rare again that mm. he's kind of taking the blame for it i just feel like because he keeps on saying that obviously alonso was in his blind spot but when you are that level of a driver like you can't. I feel like you can't blame blind spots because you would know because mm. you you're literally going wheel to wheel and you're seeing the battle. Like even with the blind spot, like there was enough room for them to either back out or have more space because Alonso had had the right away. He had the more space compared to Lewis. Lewis mm. decided just to close the door, which you're not expecting that from him because he does get his elbows out occasionally, but not doing reckless things for it. And again, he. He was using his blind spot as an excuse. I feel like, like I said, I think it's an excuse because he should have still been aware of his surroundings for it. But yeah, it it was interesting. And then everything that happened off track in the interviews and on social media, Alonzo's team radio comments and then Hamilton's reaction to that team radio. And then mm. I think today it was something like on social media, Lewis gave Fernando a signed Mercedes cap to say yeah. sorry just some of this off track drama and bands I, I find it hilarious and then the cameraman walking and following him walking off the track 
They yes. do like to do that, don't they? It creates the drama, creates more kind Every of... season, keep on going. Yeah, absolutely. Coops, what you got to say about the whole Hamilton situation? Just one of those rare Hamilton mistakes, you know? He's, he came out, he said it was a mistake, thought he gave him some space. Didn't see him in the blind spot. Well, uh, as Sophia says, you kind of know there's a car layer. You kind of have that sense. Yeah. That is what it is. You know, Hamilton, he isn't in the championship. Has it? He's never going to, was never going to be this season. He's made this rare mistake, as we've just said. You know, I think the biggest concern is what damage has he done to the car? Because there was a lot of fluid coming back. And Bono coming on going, stop, 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 stop that. Yeah, there, there's a concern for Mercedes and, you know, engine and whatever damage is done. And it's just, I, I mean, I don't think you could read too much into it. It's just one of those first lap things. And usually and normally, Hamilton is pretty good at keeping away from all that. So uh, about Alonso's comments then, about, you know, this guy can only race from the front. He's an idiot. He can, he can only that, race from that, the front and win from the front. He has more wins than Alonso's ever career, not from pole. <laughs> like... I think Sky Sports have talked about it. It's been all over the media and social media now. We need to get away from that because I think there was a very famous clip on YouTube when the Dutch journalist challenged Hamilton because Hamilton called Verstappen a naughty word after a move. And Vettel mm. jumped in and went, hold on. You know, when a football player gets in a tackle, he's not going to jump up and say a good tackle or anything. It's adrenaline. It's the first lap. They're, you know, they're pumping their heart. He gets, he's in a good position and gets whacked by Hamilton. He's not going to go, oh, whoopsie. You know, there's far too much of that being played up. I, I think the Alonso kind of played it down a wee bit, actually, and they end up and just went, ah, it's first lap. It is what it is. He's apologised, you know. Mm. It is, it, let's not. I, 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 I get annoyed a wee bit because it's been... I, I noticed another thing from Sky Sports with the you guys think of Alonso's comments. Like, come on, would you do that if it was Albon that hit Latifi or something? I don't think you would. We, we hear it all the time. It's just the fact they call him an idiot, that, that pretty... Standard stuff, really. You, you, That's Alonso. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're yeah. going to call someone an idiot if they close in on you. That's you're certainly going to think it. You probably will say it. it was the the bit afterwards that I wanted to kind of focus on. But like I say, heat at the moment, it's going to happen. People are going to say things they probably wish they didn't say, or these things do happen. And as I say, rare mistake, for Hamilton. And I'm sure he won't do that for the rest of the season because he won't want to lose the points. Or the credibility. Uh, who should we talk about next then? So we've done the Ferrari team, we've done the Red Bull team, we've done Mercedes. Let's talk about, oh, I want to talk about Williams. And uh, let's, let's talk about Albon and that kind of Albon train that he had. He was holding everyone up, keeping them all behind him to secure that final point. Sophia, were you impressed by Albon? Yeah, I think you took a page out of the Alonso train notebook. We, To be fair, I thought Alonso was going to be the one that was going to be doing that, that DRS train, but it turns out it was a different A, last name driver. It was so good for him. Even like watching leading up to the race, P6 on his own merit, like he did well. Like his positions have been quite well. Highest in the grid, he now finishes with, because he was the last driver to get out of Q3 this mm. season. I think that's quite quite a great achievement as well for the season. Shows how good the cars are running to an extent this season to make it more kind of competitive. And the points as well. Williams need points because they're not going to get it from Latifi. I almost thought that Latifi would have maybe got a point given that it's starting quite higher up in P11, but it's Latifi and there's a crash or a spin or something taking place and obviously dropping down to P18 out of 
and <laughs> taking out Valtteri Bottas on the on the exactly. way on the way to doing it. Yeah. That was such the meanest Stupid. of touches, wasn't it? It was just yeah. the tiniest wee bit on that back wheel. It was a shame. But, Shows but how he, sensitive it is now. Yeah. yeah, but Valtteri was. He, I mean, he was. He'd seen it, and I think he was on a wee bit of it. It's astroturf on the inside of that mm-hmm. corner as yeah. well. So you know, just the slightest bit. Unfortunately, he ended up in the gravel, which we don't see in Formula One these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a shame, but yeah, it was. And over the radio is just unbeached. Yeah, yeah that's it. Tried to yep. avoid it and done back for his Done. Coffee. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately for Bat Valtteri, that's a a sad day for him because I'm sure he would have done pretty well. Okay, so that's Albon and Williams, and obviously Nicholas Latifi. Is there anyone you want to speak about? Coops. Vettel probably. He had a good race on merit. Yeah, no, I think it was eighth they finished. Yeah, so that was good. To, to good day for Vettel. Yeah. Ricardo, uh, McLaren just went there. Oh. Ricardo again. He ended up was it sixteenth. I think he sat just 15. in front of the fifteenth. So it was just in front of Latifi and the two Haas cars. Which yep. is nothing to write home about. Mm. Martin, interestingly, I actually just remembered about Ricardo. Martin Brundle actually came out and said he looks like a broken man this weekend. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be in Formula One. Yeah. You would think the opposite. He'd come out and be like, nah, watch this. And he hasn't. It's, it's such a shame. I don't have sympathy in terms of the racist side of it. Uh, mm. Because even Martin Brundle said, if I were right, it's too long. It's time, you know, and... I mean, Ricardo knows this. There's, I, I think there was reports. It's, I saw one of our friend of the podcast, Ben Hunt, wrote an article for for his uh, paper uh, that it was ten million payoff. I've seen someone else say it was twenty five million. Uh, Wasn't it twenty one? Isn't that what people I were think reporting? That was, you know, we're, we're looking at somewhere between ten to twenty five million with other numbers in between. Obviously, if he gets to drive next season. So say, for example, it's 25 million. If you if he decides to go to Williams for a project and they pay him 10, McLaren have to pay the difference. It's kind of mm-hmm. how things tend to work. I think that was on uh, another podcast they had as well. Uh, but certainly this weekend, it has not done anything for his reputation. And I question whether from next weekend, if he goes out and starts getting himself on the points, whether that's going to make any difference. Mm. It's a very weird situation for Ricardo at the minute, and I don't know. He's got Haas. Yeah, he's I think not, I, I, not, I think there's going... a seat at Haas. I think there's a seat at Haas for him. Yeah, I can't there, see it anywhere else. Alpine is a, is a massive question mark because I think they they're vying for Gasly. Well, there needs to be, I think yeah. there needs to be a buyout there. That's the issue, and whether the money is going to be available. So he's not going to go to Alpha Tauri because that's Red Bull. Williams would be fun as a project. Mm. Alpine comes with own risk because he kind of burned the bridges when he left with the upper management. Not Cyril, but there's still the upper people that were there when he went two years mm. ago. But Omar said that he would ha- be happy to take Ricardo back and have him back. And even Ricardo said as well in an interview that he'd be happy to go back to like Alpine, Benno. Yeah, he, he said they left on, on a bit of a high. So it, he was going the right seem... way with them when he left. And McLaren, Ricardo, Norris should have worked and it didn't. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the biggest worry you've got with Ricardo going back to Alpine now, when he was at Renault, he destroyed Ocon. I think he had a year with Ocon, didn't he? If I'm right, he went to four yep. with him. He goes back to Alpine next year, and Ocon wipes the floor with him. He's done. Mm. If he goes to Williams and starts getting them in the points, he's building his reputation back up. I think Williams would be interesting, but I don't think it would. I think I think it probably is Alpine and then Haas, and with a very outside opportunity. 
that he just gets he just gets sucked in by Josh Capito's personality and signs without realizing because he's laughing too much. Josh is amazing. He's just so positive, even oh, though they're really are. View on yeah. the grid walk, talking about how excited he was to see Albon in P six is absolutely giving me joy. Like I so excited. Skipping, it was like I heard that because I was listening to it while I was doing something else, and I'm like, he's skipping. You <laughs> know, that's so funny. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's it's quite it's quite heartbreaking to see where Ricardo's went and where he is, and it's not really Andy's fault. It's one of those things. I kind of had the football analogy where you know I'm a football fan. We've signed players with a pedigree. They've been absolutely awful for us. They've went and signed for another team and they've banged in thirty goals a season, which for anyone who doesn't follow Formula One is pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just environment. Sometimes we don't actually know what it is. It just doesn't work. Uh, but yeah, it's that. It, McLaren in, in general over the over Sunday the race it didn't clip for them at all. I mean, not even Norris could get in the in the points. Yep. And I don't remember them really fighting. I think they were there, mm. but they weren't really getting toe to toe. Something was just not there. Whether it was pace, whether the temperature because it was really high on Sunday compared to the rest of the game. Let's talk about Alonso and Ocon then. They had a superb race, I think. Um, Ocon particularly had a, a particularly good move on Vettel, keeping Gasly behind as well, kind of keeping those the distance between them. A nice bit of toe-to-toe racing. The car just seems to be doing quite well now, Sophia. What, what can you say about the Alpine car? It seems just maybe a little bit quick. Is it the drivers out-driving the performance of that car? I mean, Ocon's been the silent point sc- score mm. driver. He is, I think, one of the few that have scored points in almost every single race to some extent and just consistently doing well for Alpine bringing in the points. Alonso's hit or miss you have some days, uh, some races are quite high and then some mm. races quite low but Alcon's just consistently top 10 I think. I, I'll double check the stat on that but he's just doing so well and he's kind of just like, he's getting his elbows out when he needs to, for example that overtake, but he's not taking as much bigger risk compared to other drivers. I mean he's he has a seat confirmed, he's not kind of like driving to push to try to find a new seat like mm. he is set so he's just being consistent um i've i've said this on multiple podcasts here like he's just been such a silent driver putting his foot down head down not trying to make any stupid mistakes and it pays off with the amount of points that he's scored this season yeah Certainly doing well. And obviously we spoke about Alonso earlier and the incident with Hamilton, but he, the rest of his race, even though he had that little bit of damage on the front end because of that incident, he, he still, he drove the wheels off it as, as the saying goes and put the car where it needed to be. But yeah, you know, in coming in P5, just a pretty solid performance for both the Alpine drivers. Sophia, is there anyone you'd like to speak about before we move on to our preview of the Zandvoort Grand Prix? Just a quick note, Gasly got points beating yeah. Yuki, which is quite rarity, and wasn't involved in any incidences on the first lap, which has been a consistent pattern that he's had this season, being involved in racing incidences and uh, a few wheel-to-wheel touches. So quite good. But mm. yeah, that's a quick point I wanted to make. The, the race, for, for being so mixed up with grid-wise, it didn't really mix it up much in terms of settling. Ended up being pretty pretty formulaic yeah, from the rest kind of, of this season. settled itself in. Maybe maybe the only people you could argue are a wee bit out compared for this season. Maybe Vettel, Gasly, Albon. They are probably the three that probably shouldn't be there compared to the record throughout the season. But, you know, it kind of flattered to deceive the whole race. With the mixed-up grid, you thought it was going to be a bit more action. There were some decent no. overtakes, a bit of 
controversy, which wasn't really controversial, and then it shook out to be the Red Bull or Stafford Masterclass, not Red Bull, really. But a good race for me. I enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed watching it too at home. Uh, we're on to Zandvoort this weekend in just a few days' time. It's obviously, the second time we've been there since it came back on the calendar. And obviously, there's going to be a massive, massive Dutch contingent. Max Verstappen fans, all with their orange flares going off. But yeah, Zandvoort, I'm looking forward to the weekend. I actually think that it suits the Ferrari car more than it suits the Red Bull car. So hopefully that makes it a little bit more interesting, as long as Ferrari can pull their finger out and keep the strategy neat and tidy i i think you know the ferrari have got a good shot at this let's get the vital statistics up obviously it's the dutch grand prix the circuit itself is 4.259 kilometers we're going to have 72 laps which means a total race distance 306.587 kilometers the record at the moment of the fastest lap is one minute and 11.097 seconds and that was done by lewis hamilton obviously last year on our first trip to zandvoort for a while coops are you looking forward to the weekend is it a circuit that you enjoy no <laughs> no. Straight to the uh, point. What is it that uh, you don't like? You can't pass on. It's too narrow. Mm. It is a yeah. very narrow track. It's a very, it's a, it's a. It, I mean, it's nice that it's a kind of old school historical style track. But as we've seen with Monaco, the cars aren't when they when they raced back then. The cars aren't the same. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the banking didn't give us as much as we thought it was. I mean, it, it looked cool, but it it didn't really give us much. And I think I think Sophia's thinking about saying what I'm about to say, but apparently they're going to trial DRS round the banking <laughs> for FP1 mm-hmm. to see if that works. Now, I think the first person that eats it into the top barrier, that'll be in that conversation. It's narrow. I mean, it's going to be... The Dutch fans are mental, and I mean that in the nicest possible sense. It's going to be party atmosphere, certainly with the fact that Verstappen's champion-elect, so he's going around waving, ah, it's my, you know, one. But yeah, and last year it wasn't really... There wasn't much passing. Mm. There wasn't. There was a couple of moments, you know. I think in the highlights I watched last time. I think I asked the Martin Spud once or something. I don't know. <laughs> so you know, it's not quite on the level of France mm. boredom, but it's not what I'm expecting something to happen. So you know, I'll still watch it. But I think it'd be good to watch because, as I say, as you quite rightfully put and in, in the nicest possible way the crowd is going to be crazy it's going to be it's going to look like an amazing event mm-hmm. even if the, the racing on track isn't necessarily going to kind of live up to that expectation uh, hopefully they'll m- maybe in the future make it a bit more a bit wider in parts for for modern formula one cars but you know that's something for the f1 to organize and not for us to to kind of say what, what about you sophia are you looking forward to the race yeah, I mean, I obviously last year was the first year that we kind of went back, but obviously with the new cars and new regulations, I think there could be potentially more chances of overtaking. But again, it could lead to a lot of cars hitting the wall and going off. But I think that I think there could be more opportunities, and especially with how powerful the DRS has been this season, we can see that with the amount of battles that are taking place. We're seeing one, like two cars, go side by side, up to maybe even five cars wide occasionally that we saw in other races. I think it might be a surprise race because mm. um, we're, we're having those a, a few times this season where we thought it would be like a snooze fest or quite boring and actually turned out to be quite interesting. So I'm hoping it's going to be like that. I feel sorry for any other 
fan base that's not Max Verstappen taking going to the race. Same with everybody that has asthma with the amount of flares that are probably going to be going <laughs> off. I was quite surprised with Spa not going off, but I read that they started to ban flares in certain areas um, due to right. safety reasons, and that's why we didn't see as many flares. Oh, they were still the there. We, you still, still saw it. You still saw it. But they probably Austria, chucked it. Wasn't Austria level can't see it. No. And they're starting to restrict it, I think, because I think a lot of people have been complaining and for the driver's safety, but also for the people's safety around. And also depends on like how the wind is. But I think it's just going to be completely orange sea for most of the race, hopefully. Maybe. It all depends on who goes for qualifying as well. That could be a factor. Okay, Sandvort then. Let's make some predictions for the weekend. Going off what we know about the track, who we think is going to perform well. Can you give me a top three? Oh, we're going to be Boren and say George Russell. Verstappen, Perez and George Russell. Sophia, same to you. Quite similar to Coops. I think it's going to be Max, but then I think it's going to be Carlos, and then I'm going to say George. Oh, just the one by Okay. I think it'll be three different constructors on the podium. Mm. Yes. And do you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say it's going to be Charles Leclerc, <laughs> Max Verstappen, <laughs> Carlos Sainz. There you go. That's my prediction for Zandvoort. Just because, I, you know, we know that the car is more suited than the Red Bull car. So that's my reasoning for doing it. Yeah, I'm, 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 that's, that's what I think. I know I've seen, I, it's probably going to be a Max Verstappen dominance, but mm. I'm, I'm, I'm being hopeful for the championship. And of course, I'm remembering the the tune, Max, Max, Super Max, whatever it <laughs> yeah, is. Too bad, yeah, do uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Sophia's random <laughs> random uh, prediction from the song mm-hmm. earlier. So I'm gonna follow that through. Why not? Just because it's fun. <laughs> so yeah, those those are our predictions for the Zandvoort Grand Prix. Let's hope some of them pay off. Hopefully, mine to keep the championship going a little bit further than it could be if Max kind of gets the top step and all those twenty-five points, twenty-six points if he gets the fastest lap. Let's just hope we do see a Ferrari on the top step. Anyway, let's talk about some news articles that have dropped this week that we haven't we haven't done a yeah. news roundup really recently because we've been so busy talking about lots of other things. So let's do a, a quick news roundup. We've got straight to Sophia, who's rubbing her hands. So she look, clearly got something she wants to chat about. <laughs> Go for it, Sophia. I do. So yesterday, board met to discuss Oscar Piastri's comment, a contract. Right. Yeah. It is to be released tomorrow. And that, I think, will create a knock-on effect leading up to the weekend on where drivers are going to fall because you can kind of spiderweb it. I I just think of, like, the meme with, like, the map behind the board and they're, like, pointing out to the different lines like a true crime board. Mm. And if Piastri uh, goes to Alpine, the knock-on effect, if Oscar goes to McLaren, Mm -hmm. the knock-on effect, it's going to be absolutely mental. And given some news that dropped today as well regarding other drivers, it's a silly season staying on for the rest of the season. Absolutely. Seats will be arranged shortly, let's hope. So we'll have lots of news ready and raring to go. Keep your eyes peeled on the Everything F1 social media pages or on the website to get all the latest news about that. Coops, what do you think is going to happen? Is it going to be a McLaren seat for Piastri or do you think it's going to go to Alpine? No, no, he'll never drive for Alpine. <laughs> uh, Starstowers came out and said he was hoping for more Who? integrity. Uh, Starstower? Is he, isn't he a Transformer? I never said that. Stop trying. <laughs> Otmar, Otmar has said... Starstower. 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 Roll out. 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> is, so he, uh, is he a Decepticon or, a, or an Autobot? Uh, don't care. Stop it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Otmar, uh, that person has said that he he hoped for more integrity from Oscar Piastri oh, over this whole yeah. situation. Now, Shut if you're up. if you're if your team principal is saying that and he's not even in the seat yet, mm. I think Alpine have basically said we're not that we want compensation. So what they're looking for is the recognition board to say that they have, there is a contract with Alpine, so they've got then a bit of bargaining power to go to McLaren and say, well, there was a contract. We will ignore the contract and let you take a baby one this. Mm. From what I've understood when I've been looking over all this stuff, uh, Piastri had an option, or Alpine had an option on Piastri to give him a race seat by a certain date, round yeah. about the Hungarian Grand Prix, I think it was just before. The day after the option expired he signed for McLaren. Then Alpine thought they still had the option and then announced that, no, we've got... So that's, I think, where this issue lies. Otmar did say in the press conference that the rumour of the July 31st, so that cut-off deadline, apparently is not true. That They would, they would say that, though, wouldn't they? Because it was, yeah, it's cause... really going to cause an issue. Because he said that they've offered him a seat back, like in the contract that he would have a seat or get a seat and then by 2024 he would have an alpine seat mm. it's <laughs> all very juicy anyway isn't it let's let's be honest we got more as well it's all it's all going to drop very soon hopefully and we'll find out where everyone sits it still does beg the question with alpine they went from having two drivers sitting for one seat to having none you know alonso getting annoyed about the situation piastri's just like i'm most uh, but yeah, the other thing they dropped today was Mick Schumacher's to be dropped from the Ferrari to Academy by the end of the season. Yeah, it makes sense. I, he's not performing yeah. as, as as best as he, he could have done. I mean, it is only his second season, so can you see another team? No, no. Can no. you see another team taking him out? He's no. not no. warranted enough. I think I don't know if it was Sophia that was on the chat or Emma. I think it was you, Sophia, that basically said he's not done anything. He's not matched up to Joe Sonoda questionably even strong, to be honest. I mean, the, the kind of people round about his kind of level where they would sit. And there's only so much that name's going to get you. We all know mm-hmm. we had a bit of, you know, romance about, you know, the situation with his dad. We all know what that is. You'd love to see him up the front and eventually don the Ferrari suit. It would be amazing. But he just, he's just not got it. It's and not there. If he hasn't got the Ferrari seat or the Ferrari backing, has he got money behind him to, no. to warrant... No. I don't no. think he has either, does he? So, would, is, is there any benefit for a team to take him I on? I think the only way he stays in Formula 1 next year is supposed to have a reserve seat and hope something falls in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what if Ricardo signs and he doesn't go to Alpine in a multi-year deal, it might be a one-year deal with uh, Williams because there's a few seats opening up at the end of mm-hmm. 2023. So, including Mercedes, if uh, Hamilton decides to move on, which mm-hmm. I don't know, he might. It's the end of his contract. There's a few seats that are due to free up when about that time so if he's smart and gets off gets off a, a reserve seat next year i think that's that's his only likely opportunity to stay in formula one in mm. that any kind of sense but again even as a reserve would you take a rookie as a reserve where you've got you've got uh is it Drugovic you call it and uh, Drugovic, yeah and f2 has actually already came out and said he's vying for a reserve seat next mm-hmm. year because there isn't any space Mm. Got Logan Sargent as well fighting for the, the Williams seat as well. So you've got a few. He's he's already been in a Formula One car for two years and not met the mark. Mm-hmm. When you've got 
younger guys, and Piastri as well, who we all know, probably 99% sure he's going to play. But even him, you know, I just don't see what he's done to, to warrant that seat. There's only 20 seats and he's not done enough, you know. So I just don't see how he can, how Haas can justify it. And with Giovinazzi doing, is it three FP1s or yep. two? Coda and I think another one as well, maybe. Yeah, so it's curious that he's been brought in when they haven't sorted out their contracts for next year for that second seat. You know, mm. and then uh, Ginter came out and said it's on Ferrari's behest. So they've sacked Schumacher from the development Ferrari t- uh, Academy and then said to Haas, could you put Gio back in your car for a couple of FP1s just to see how he is in the new car? It's a very mm. weird timing. There's he is the reserve driver for Haas, though. Gio is the reserve driver. Like, Mick is technically the reserve driver for Ferrari yeah. and Gio as well. They're both the two reserve drivers. So but To be... To be specifically asked to assess him in FP1 in the new car because that's what they were asked. Like, we want to see what he's like yeah. in the new car. It's not just an FP1, it's an assessment. Yeah, uh, but, well, uh, Ferrari are going to give Gio as much opportunity as possible because they want yeah. an Italian, you know, Formula 1 driver, you know. Well, that... the last time Ferrari had an Italian Formula 1 driver in the car, they cheated him. Back that was the 80s. Uh, it gives Ivan Capel. Uh, no, the, anyway. wasn't, didn't Fisichella had a go in the, in the Ferrari, didn't oh, he? Oh, yeah, he done well. In 2000 he? and uh, We something. can all remember that. Uh, uh, what was it, 2000 and... I can't remember what year it was. Must have, it must have been the early 2000s if you're talking about Fisichella. I think the nail in the coffin, though, for Mick's contract was Kevin Magnussen coming back because when comparing him to Mazepin last season, both rookies, mm. they were kind of on par and obviously Mick outshone Mazepin. But like yeah, but it, it adding back into Kevin Magnuson coming in, how well Kevin's done, not consistent, but still getting the points needed and kind of helping has, it's just kind of put it to de- detriment. And even Gunther like was joking when he was asked about if he's been on the phone with Daniel Ricardo and how contracts are with Mick. Like he's he's laughing and giving a sly kind of smile. So you know something's up. And now of with Mick getting released from Ferrari. It's just, it's just not looking good for Mick. I do hope that he takes a year out sabbatical and then comes back. Or, yeah, maybe we get some new teams coming in. I, I don't know. Or people backing out. But Well, we do have a new team coming in. That's another bit of news that we can talk about. Because Audi <laughs> have been confirmed <laughs> to be coming into the sport in 2026 and onwards as per the new engine regulations that they were going to bring in from that date. So, mm-hmm. Audi... Were you shocked to hear that news or had that news been rumbling around the paddock for months and months and months and months and now it's finally confirmed? Coops. I don't think MD was ever shocked that that was happening. I think there was a couple of things that were not shocking, but all right. So they're coming in as an engine manufacturer, power unit manufacturer, uh, but they didn't announce Salber as the team. Hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. again, that's not a secret. That they've pretty much purchased, or they are going to purchase, I think, seventy-five percent of Salvo. They're mm-hmm. actually they're they're paying more money for less of the team than Andretti were trying to do. Uh, they also made a wee slide dig at Mercedes mm-hmm. by saying it's the first time in over a decade that the power unit's going to be built in Germany. It's like, ooh, I wonder who you're talking <laughs> about. Uh, and also, 
you know, they're, they're kind of beaten post to the punch because they've kind of came out and said it as their own. So, you know, Volkswagen Group own both these brands. They're paying both of them and it's they're paying the budgets altogether. You know, it's separate entities. So they're having to pay double. It's a lot more financially viable for them. So it was, it was interesting in that sense. They've brought in uh, it's Peter Baker, is his name, who was the FIA safety advisor. He worked with BMW Salva, actually. So he knows he's the head man who's going to be running it. They've already they've been designing the engine or the power unit since March, I want to say. So they've had a bit of lead time. They're getting all those stuff organised. And they said they'll be in a position to talk about the team at the end of the year. Uh, I think we know that Porsche are due to come in because they've purchased... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 50% are going to purchase 50% of the Red Bull Technologies, which is what runs the F1 group. There's been some things found about them taking over or trademarking finally or something, like some sort of marketing thing. So it's all going to come. It's all going to happen. Uh, but, yeah, so Audi... First time ever out there, been in the sport. Uh, and then, just as we all heard that, actually, Alfa Romeo decided to throw the rattle out of the pram and go, oh, yeah, from next year, we're not going to be working with Hubble. Uh, <laughs> which is a bit petty, to be honest. It was like, a, I think they signed it as a 10-year deal with annual renewal. And, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know, Alfa Romeo's deal with Salva, it's not a technology thing. It's not a works team. It's a glorified title sponsorship. It's still Salva. Salva still work on it. It's still the Salva car. It's Alfa Romeo. Don't give them an Alfa Romeo engine. It's a Ferrari engine. So it's a good deal for Alfa Romeo, but it was a bit... I found it petty that they came out a couple of hours after Audi. And Audi never mentioned Salva. It was never brought mm. up. But then mm-hmm. they went, oh, next year, bro, that's a last year. It just seems a bit petty for me. But... You know, Audi's coming in. It'll be great to see them, and not as a new team, but with a team. It secures Sauber's future for a few for a good number of years. And you know, let's just hope they're not like Honda when they first arrived. So, is it going to be is it going to be Audi Sauber, or is it just going to be Audi, but with uh, uh, Sauber it, management? It probably it's going to be more of a works team, I would imagine, because Audi are Audi are expanding their factory they're bringing up all this stuff you know they're making the engine in germany uh, and they'll tie it in with the hinwell uh, hq which has one of the most advanced uh, wind tunnels in formula one on the grid mm. uh, but there's a lot of very smart motorsport people within audi that will move over i mean it's not any extra money that's another thing as well audi aren't spending more money they've diverted the funds that were spending on other projects so i think they can or they've done something with the lmdh project i think they've kind of canned that and they've moved away from that to focus on gts you have the money from that to, so they're not spending more money they're just moving the resources around uh, but yeah so salber will come out with a very good situation here because they're getting a lot of smart people to come on board mm. uh, with Audi. So it's not just slapping the four rings on the side of the car and Sauber just continue on. There's going to be a lot more of a partnership. You yeah. know, uh, just use the white paint over the Alfa Romeo and put the Audi badge over it, you know. It's not that. So it's a lot more involved, a lot more of a works team, more like for any of the guys that are listening or watching the BMW Sauber days back in, you know, the, the kind of uh, you know, mid-2000s, 2007, 2008. It's a bit, it's a lot tighter. A work deal. So, and they seem to have, they're getting it right. Although they are doing the usual and coming out with timelines, which we don't like because Honda said they'll be competitive by this time. I think Alpine and Renault said they'll be winning races in five years. <laughs> That's good. And they said they would want to be competitive or very competitive 
by within three years. When building an, uh, a Formula One power unit from scratch, they want to be competitive in three years now. But if they started this year, you know, stranger yeah. things have happened. I mean, they don't have the MGUH. That's not there. That was the big thing. That was the thing that scuppered Honda. Mm. Uh, they just couldn't. It took a long time for them to get to grips with it and make it what it's supposed to be. So, you know, we, and, you know, there's power. The, they've got the way that the regulations are working for new entrants. They get a wee bit more money. They get a wee bit more time to design things. So there isn't this issue like we had with Honda where they were just spending, you know, hundreds. I think at the time you were getting 150 place grid penalties because every time the car moved, <laughs> the engine blew up, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, so it'll be good to see. It doesn't seem like they're stupid. They know motorsport. They've got the, they're getting the right people in place. The guy that's running the project, someone who knows Formula One, been around Formula One, been around the FIA. Mm. So you know, and I think it's just a matter of time now to wait for uh, Porsche to bring themselves in, which should happen at some point soon. I would imagine. Sophia, any other news articles that we should definitely talk about before we head off for the day? Horner made an interesting comment about partnering potentially still with another a company. It would still be Red Bull Powertrain, but maybe partner with another company down the line, which I found was quite an interesting thing to say. Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, again, the biggest news is just waiting to hear about this board coming through and how that trickles effect. Oh, apparently Gasly's linked now to Alpine. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was mentioned earlier as well. Yeah. yeah. It, this is weird. Again, so this season, they, I guess that. Well, let's talk about. They would have to buy out that contract because he has. He's actually contracted yeah. with AlphaTauri, so they'd have to. Be, they'd have to put a bit more forward for. Well, if they get money for from that. McLaren for yeah. Piastri, they'll use that. You know, there'll yeah. be wranglings and deals and conversations. I've always said that Gasly needs to leave the Red Bull umbrella. He's not going to get anywhere. He's not going back to the big team. Uh, no. We've all been there. He's done that. Get him in there. We all call the French team. Gasly and Ocon don't get on, so that might be a bit spicy. Apparently, Alcon said that he and Gasly work well now. Okay, he said that on an interview this week. Yeah, of course he did because he's been of course, yeah, <laughs> probably. You know, anytime Alcon's got a teammate, you know, Alonso and him have had issues. He's had issues with Perez. You know, this he, he work well with others. Yes, yeah, he doesn't doesn't come across that way. Uh, but you know, I think for Gasly's own career, if he wants to stay, he needs to move. And I think if he's got an opportunity to do that. We Alpine and they're serious about it. You know, a couple of years in there, uh, we next day Ocon, and do you know what? Uh, if Gasly beats Ocon in an Alpine, and now he's been in Alpine for a while, oh, spicy. Uh, I like that. I'm saying spicy too much. Uh, <laughs> so, in, yeah. in a very camp manner as well. You do it so oh, well. Oh yeah, well you know. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that would be it. Would be interesting. This, like you said earlier, the, the silly season isn't sorted, but. My prediction is Piastri will go to McLaren, Ricardo will go to Alpine, and I have no idea who's going to end up in the Haas number two seat. Well, that's the Everything F1 podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening. We'll be back next week where we discuss the Zandvoort Grand Prix and preview the Monza Grand Prix. We hope you join us for that discussion. In the meantime, you can find us on all our social platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We are also on our website, www.everythingf1.com. You can listen to us on our podcast on your favorite podcast streaming service by clicking the bell, the follow, the subscribe button, and getting all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. Thank you very much to Coops. Thanks for coming to chat to us today. And thank you very much to Sophia. Thank you. 
I've been James Tiller. This has been Everything Everyone Podcast. We'll speak to you next week. Bye-bye.